I had a dream that I had a Skype call with people I'd been at school with that I didn't like. And they're all just telling me they didn't like me. And I was like, I know, it's been 15 oh my years. God, I hate having dreams about old school beef and I still have it. <laughs> I get it. That's, that's yeah. the worst. Catherine said I woke up in the middle of the night and exclaimed that my, uh, something like my defense level wasn't high enough to fight the gods. <laughs> to fight the gods? Yeah. And then went back to bed. I'd dream hard or go home, I guess. <laughs> I really like that you're working towards apotheosis in your sleep. That's exceedingly strong. Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I am joined this week by the Muffin Man. <laughs> Hello! Oh no, that's, uh, that was meant to be like the gingerbread man in Shrek, he talks about the Muffin Man, but that isn't the Muffin Man, so... Yeah, no, that's... I, it, I really, I messed that up. Hello. It's, uh, it's, it's Frankenstein is the Doctor. Um, yeah. My God, that was like a Formula One car just erupting into flames on the starting <laughs> grid. Uh, and the other voice you can hear is apparently Greg Wallace. PC gaming doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> That's more top that, gear, isn't it? Yeah, that was quite... That was less That's Greg Jeremy Wallace Clarkson. than... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no, my car's on fire as well. <laughs> Rick Wallace is oh, like, I no. love them peas. Peas are great. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's your Greg Wallace, that is. I love the buttery enemy base. <laughs> <laughs> very good. And you've spelled his name correctly with two Gs. He'd be very, very pleased. Absolutely. Pulled yeah. that out of the fire, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, now we are, the theme this week is because last week we, said we didn't get to talk about uh, Big Oats very much. So Big Oats. So we were going to do breakfast. Then I thought breakfast was too narrow because people don't really have breakfast very much in games. So we're doing food, which we've probably done before on the podcast, but it's our rules. So what are you going to do about it? Um, but I did want to ask, you know, just as a, a little segue, what's your favourite food? Like, what, what would be your death row last meal? Fellas. Muffin Man, what would you have? Uh, I quite like pastry things. I like, but not even that complicated things. Like, I love a good lasagna. I love a good spaghetti bolognese. Is it boring to ask for a lasagna on death row? Don't think so. It's quite, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice meal. I once had the idea that I'd ask for something that was really hard for them to get to prolong my life. So, like, <laughs> You go like, I want 
I want like the McRib because it's not McDonald's aren't currently doing the McRib, and then McDonald's just have to bring back the McRib just to appease a murderer. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they always say back by popular demand, but instead on the poster you have to say back by the demand of a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and people will be looking at it thinking, do I want the McRib anymore? Hmm. I think that's exactly how the capital punishment system works. Yeah, I think, yeah. But what you about you, Gre- <laughs> What about you, Greg Wallace? What about a nice you- dessert? Um, no, he likes sweets, doesn't he? He does like pudding, yeah. I, I've never watched MasterChef. Uh, I, I would have, I'm going to get really specific here. Right. I'd have a massive dinner and it would be um, big freshwater prawns and chicken uh cooked with lime ginger chili spring onions peppers and a vast amount of butter mm-hmm. uh and soy sauce and stuff eaten with a big loaf of freshly baked french bread chuck well, some nice. squid in there why not Ooh la la Ooh la la indeed very kind of cultured <clears throat> very fancy fish and chicken together Oh my god, yeah. Really? Well, it's not fish, it's um shrimps. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well freshwater prawns have got a really sweet, meaty taste and goes really well with with chicken. Uh squid's quite neutral as well. Um I think fish and chicken can work. Well, like I'd, in I'd some know, one... I don't believe that different meat should meet on the plate on the plate. You never had a four seasons? I, I I don't know what that is, but no. Oh, pizza. Four Seasons. No, 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 no. That's... Uh, For, that's Quattro Formaggi. <laughs> it's when you, when you go to like one of those buffet restaurants, which have all been bins now as probably as like plague holes, and you have each uh, a, a plate... And apologies to any vegans listening to whom this is probably like horrific moral excess. Um, but you have each of the four main character meats on one plate. What's, hang on, what's a main character meat? Chicken, lamb, beef and pork. Oh, oh. And that's, that's a four seasons. It, look, this isn't actually a thing I aspire to. I was just at a buffet restaurant w- once and, 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 and I did it as a joke. It was all right. <laughs> I, I just you... don't think pigs and cows and whatever should be mixing. They shouldn't be rubbing shut. They don't, they're not mates in real life. They shouldn't be mates on the plate. You won't even allow them camaraderie and death. <laughs> no. Wow. Somehow I feel the more ethical one now. That's, I mean... can we, Alice, can you dig us out of this? Well, Alice, what's your meal? pit? Um, oh, well, I don't know, because I've been, I've been vegetarian for ages. Um, I've had to start eating chicken when I got sick. But um, uh, I, I'm not one of those vegetarians who like, doesn't like me. I yearn to eat meat. I really do. Like, I, I miss ribs so much. So I might, just, like, if I'm going to die, I might just say, give me like an entire cow or whatever, you know. Mm. It's too late now, but um, 
I don't know. I do. I really like mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is my I mean, favourite thing. If you're on death row, it suggests you've done something pretty terrible, like worse than meat eating anyway. So Yeah, true. Although, you know, the the criminal justice system isn't everything it's well, cracked up to be. Yeah, that's for another podcast. That's, yeah, that's beyond our remit. No. Is this, are, we, are we now talking about some sort of impossible dystopia created by an indignant right-wing comment thread person where vegans are, are, are putting people to death for having yeah, meat? Yeah, exactly, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, what uh, an edgy, uh, edgy future. Uh, but I, I feel that's a, a decent spread. I mean, me and Matthew are quite carb heavy. You know, people, when you go to restaurants and you feel guilty if you don't pick something that you kind of couldn't make at home, I all the time will just order a massive plate of pasta. Because, you know, pasta's nice. Do you still empty uh, your guts when you get uh, capital punishment? It did punished. <laughs> Because I'd eat, I'd just like really stop. I want it to be as grim for everyone watching as possible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I'd just eat, I don't know what, I don't know what I'd have to eat, but just like huge bowls of porridge. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, it just popped into my head. That's a vindictive thing you could do. Dark, was just Matthew, like, dark. Like, drink loads and loads so that you. <laughs> pee everywhere as well but like really aggressively so the people who come to watch are like oh jeez <laughs> I, I wanted to see a man points. die but I didn't want to see that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Matthew Castle in the brown oh. mile <laughs> oh god <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> quick, my quick. Slightly sick. Let's palate cleanse with the sting. Right. I mean, ostensibly we was but that, I thought that would be nice. That'd be a nice little discussion about different food tastes and what have you, but it got quite grim. I don't know why I expected us to be able to talk about something well, you're, nicely. You're bring death death row into it. So Well that's yeah, yeah but not that's a if classic. you will frame things with the spectre of execution by the state, uh, it, no, it, it's not as if I'm the only person to have ever like. What, it's what's your last meal? What would be your last meal? And then people say like, "Oh, my mum's, you know, roast dinner or whatever." Yeah, but when the questions ask, I can only think about being slaughtered by a government. But you say that as if I—it's not something I've made up. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I just think the questions... Okay, a more positive version would be, if you were about to transcend human form and become like a deathless, enlightened android, leaving all mortal concerns behind, like that geese off Overwatch, the Buddhist robot, you're going to become like him. And it's like, what would your last meal be where while you still cared about like Epicurean pleasure. That's too long that's though. Nice. I've already got I've already got bored. I've moved I've, I've <laughs> if I'm at, if I'm at like a party and uh you know I've I've got like a glass of wine and I'm eating some cheesy nibbles and then you come up to me and say that I've already walked off. No you would not you would be intrigued and thrilled. <laughs> the conversation would go on for hours. 
you would think, what a brilliant new angle on a tired old question. <laughs> one, one time I was I was out having a couple of drinks with some people and uh, a guy, one guy who I don't really know said to another guy, like, what have you done uh, lately to uh, to give your life meaning? And I was like, what? Like, I don't... I feel Ooh, very attacked. A... Like, like, is that just like a cool kind of theatre way of saying how are you, what you've been up to, or are you being a? Because <laughs> <laughs> either way, I am not interested. Um, but yeah, we're, we're supposed to be talking about food and the best food in games. Um, so I'm going to throw down first and get this one out of the way and say uh, Final Fantasy 15 because obviously when you talk about food and games these days people bring that up because of the, I've come up with a new recipe thing uh, You'll have to explain that to me um, even though I've played uh, 100% completion on Final Fantasy Lightning Return mm-hmm. uh, I'm uh, my memory of uh, of more recent games is a bit faded, so if you could just remind me. Uh, so Final Fantasy XV, you're essentially on like a kind of uh, extended um, uh, road trip stag party in a convertible car. So you and your three mates, uh, and uh, one of them is uh, the driver who has like Alan Partridge-style driving gloves. Um <laughs> Uh, is also a chef and Ignis, I think he's called. Yeah, Ignis, Ignis Sientia, um, and he cooks uh, whenever you stop off at a camp or somewhere. And you can also buy food in restaurants as well. And he, uh, you can get ingredients in the world. And if you combine things or find things uh, that he can put together in a new recipe, like fishing, if you if you fish a new fish. He'll be like, he'll snap his fingers and be like, that's it. I've come up with a new recipe. He but he says recipe in a really funny way. Recipe. Like, Re- recipe. Recipe. Yeah. I've got a new uh, recipe. Fishing. And it happens at odd times, because if you catch a fish, I get that if you catch a fish you've never caught before, you might be like, oh yeah, I've got an idea to bake this fish. But like when you just murder some kind of strange, fantastical beast and... and harvest its meat which doesn't happen on camera you just collect its loot he'll sometimes be like oh yeah I've got an idea for a recipe and some of these things are so grody you just would never ever put them in your mouth um, oh no sort of hang on you're going to have to qualify that give me something so grody you wouldn't put it near your mouth uh, or they're, they're just like, like big like, horrible- imagine like a space hopper like covered in like valves that are like pooting <laughs> out little Gas clouds or something. Yeah, I mean, like oysters are nice. Yeah, but that's that's a bit that's a bit different. That's not a good example. Uh, I don't like, think oysters are nice as well. Actually, I think people just pretend they're nice because they think they're supposed to. They're nice cooked. It's just like a sneeze. Uh, the seed did a sneeze, and then you're like, "Mmm, delicious!" Oh, I'm. Oh gosh, I feel all sexy now. Oh, it's like the thing where people are all like. I like my steak still mooing. Um, and, you know, like, fine if it's fillet steak, but if it's got a load of bloody collagen and fat and stuff in it, like a rump steak or something, you're just wasting it by serving it up raw just to look macho. Just bloody yeah. cook the thing. It's fine. I've, I've been upset by the idea of oysters ever since that, uh, ever since 
Alice in Wonderland and that creepy thing with the the walrus and the carpenter. Oh, and they 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 sort of like the... they like they sort of sing to them like they're children, but then they plan to kill them, don't they? It's, I don't know. I've, I think that scarred me at a very young age off the idea of shellfish. Yeah, oh, yeah, that I know, yeah. Was really upsetting, wasn't it? Because they're like they're presented as like babies. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> in like little little bonnets. God, yeah. I'm really angry about that now. What an irresponsible thing. Uh, what, you... what, what a mean-spirited, disturbing, <laughs> like... It's not, it's not real. It's not, it didn't actually no, happen. No, but I mean, they want their bloody heads looking at. Really. Yeah, but but, but on, on the flip side, it also taught me that I like cats and I don't like royalty. Yeah. There's a lot that comes from Earth and Wonderland. It's pretty good. I, I'd say I on think, the whole. I think what just happened is is I just experienced a memory I'd repressed uh, <laughs> for 30 years. Sorry about that. Well, you feel bad because in this equation, you basically are the walrus. <laughs> yeah, there you but go. You, if anything, you watch that film and you're like, right on. This guy's got the right idea. Listen, if I was, uh, if I was one of those jester reply guys on Twitter... I would come back with, I am the Eggman Cuckoo Cuckoo. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to. Accidental partridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we got off, off topic there. But the point is, the food in Final Fantasy XV uh, is very beautiful. Like, they famously, like, you know, took photos of delicious skewers of chicken and pork and. Uh, the eggs, mm. the eggs in Final Fantasy Fifteen look phenomenal. They really they do. Are they, are are they really like good. those lovely sort of soft boiled eggs sliced in half? What you get in ramen? You get yeah. There's some of them in the ramen, and then there's lovely fried eggs over toast. And uh, yeah, he, the mad thing is, like where he cooks is basically just an open campfire. Yeah. Uh, and somehow he cooks like Michelin. I mean, it, the, pres- the presentation is like Michelin star level um, cooking. And it doesn't make any sense that he's somehow cooking this on, you know. Yeah. But then he is basically a royal servant, isn't he? I mean, I know they present it as them being friends, but like he, the, the prince, basically his only friends are people that are ba- like paid to hang out with him pretty much. Like, Yeah. It's, it also triggers a quite a weird subquest where the game's got like a sort of Japanese pot noodle endorsement. Oh, the pot ramen, yeah. And there's yeah, so so there's there's like a big bit of product placement where he you have to hunt this like giant mythical kind of bull creature um, to slay it so that he can throw bits of that meat into into this pot ramen thing to spice um, it up a bit, yeah. Which actually is quite similar to your recommendation, Nate, a few weeks ago, where you mm. were talking about throwing KFC into like your home cooking. But it's like the the flip side. It's like we actually do that with very thin slices of beef we buy from a Chinese supermarket as well. Oh, I didn't realise we'd just been LARPing Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I quite like the idea of throwing a premium ingredient into a cheap snack. Well, I always um. Actually, no, I said I always thought about this. We did this. We actually did this um, at the, near the start of lockdown to sort of entertain ourselves. Me and Ashley did a meal where the theme was 
we'd do like a, a, a nine course tasting menu, but only using news agent ingredients. <laughs> so it was like, um, you know, cutlets of corner shop ham with a monster munch crust. <laughs> yeah. like but it was really good. It was, we took it in turns to do the courses. Uh, we each, you know, had them, um, you know, we did it with the same rough sort of uh, presentation style and sort of composition and whatever you'd get with a tasting menu. And we actually made some quite edible things. It's good uh, fun. I, Great night. Uh, but yeah, no, Final Fantasy, very famously fantastic looking food. And also I do like as well that like sometimes you wouldn't have any ingredients, so you just have to have toast. You know, some toast, but lovely looking toast. Um, Matthew, Mr. Muffin Man, yeah, do you have a... I guess quite quite similar to that in terms of it actually serves a similar, like, mechanical purpose. Because in Final Fantasy fifteen, you you camp, have the meal, and it's like a stat buff for the kind of the next day of fighting. So if you know you're going to fight, like, a big fiery monster, you can eat some like chili food and get fire resistance or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is quite similar to Monster Hunter series, which yeah. is what I'm going to bring to the table. Monster Hunter World specifically, being the most recent one, um, has, I, and I don't know if either of you, how familiar either of you are with Monster Hunter as a thing, but yeah, ish. there's these like cat chefs who you basically before you go out fighting you eat a big meal the palicos yeah calicos to get similar um stat buffs for the for the battle you're going to fight but it's got these really elaborate cooking animations where like all these cats kind of sort of like performance cooking you know like you get in those you sometimes get those um we went to one a place when we were in um i want to say tenerife where this guy like chopped an onion into a little volcano and put it on this sizzling thing and all this shit sprayed out the top and not natural shit, like delicious tastes and um, uh, oh yeah like um oh, I've forgotten the bloody we we bought one of the things one of the hot plates they're yeah, like, they're only like. It was £27. There's this thing, it's like for very quick frying and they sort of, it's it's like, I guess like very elaborate pancake flipping. They kind of flip everything really quickly and chop stuff up and they do all the cooking in front of you. Um, oh, well, I, sorry, I was imagining, I thought like Nate bought like a massive like restaurant size one. Yeah, I've bought I a restaurant. I think you. it's a brilliant investment at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of you buying a restaurant yesterday and opening the newspaper today and being like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, what a brilliant business investment. Now to take a big sip of my morning coffee and open the paper. <laughs> Why were there all these chefs trying to offload their restaurants yesterday? That was. <laughs> I thought it was such a steal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these cats do this like crazy cooking in monster hunter and the food looks delicious and it's very you know it's like big slabs of meat and all these interesting mm. garnishes slightly dubious that it's cats cooking because i was gonna say you wouldn't in real life want to eat anything that a cat had prepared no, Would no you? It would, 
Because I know people say they're cleaner than dogs, but actually how they clean themselves is licking themselves. So And, and also they shed fur really easily. So like everywhere our cats go in our house, you know, you'll find hair and fur or whatever. And I wouldn't want that in my, you know, casserole or whatever. What animal would you allow to cook for you? Ooh. Presuming it was given, like, you know, a high-caliber mind and some sort of cybernetic gloves. Like, that would allow just, it. What about, like a team of snakes? A team of snakes? I was going to say, like, a, a lizard. If so, I, basic, probably not a mammal, basically. I don't want anything that cleans itself with its own spit at any point. Like imagine if you went like you went to like Gordon Ramsay's one of his Michelin starred thing and he was cooking for you personally and it was going to be like an amazing meal but he licked his hands in front of you before he started. You'd think I'll be right twice. With that. I mean, you know, not now in a pandemic, but <laughs> back in February. I would, yeah. I would never be all right with that. I what would about- love an orangutan to make me a stir fry. They always look so, so sad. Yeah. A sad uh, stir fry. They never look happy. They they're not look cooking a stir fry. <laughs> what was that, sorry, Matthew? I was saying, I always thought orangutans look really miffed. And I don't want, yeah. like, a, sa- a sad chef. I want a jolly chef. Or an angry chef, but not sad. You want to get, like, <laughs> a load of chimps. Oh, they're having a wicked time. You just hear them banging around in the kitchen the whole time. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, but they like they don't they famously like throw their shit everywhere as well. You like yeah, chimps are essentially a crossbreed between humans and satans. <laughs> they are probably the most terrifying animal, and uh, I genuinely think if they were the dominant form of life on this planet, that uh, they would have like properly nuclear warred themselves. Before, like, the invention of the wheel. Uh, devils. What about, um, what about bees? Like, they're very industrious. Bees? Bees, they're, in- <laughs> they're industrious. And also, they already make honey, which we eat, which is, which is everyone knows is bee shit. True. So. No, it's bee sick, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's bee sick. Well, there you go. We're, not, we're obviously proving ourselves to not be fussy on the subject of bees. So I'd happily well, let them like cook me a lasagna. Yeah, all right. But look, all food is disgusting when you get down to it. Like it's either a corpse or it's something else gross. Or it's, like, ke- or it's made ke- like chemicals, which is pure. Like, unless unless it's a plant, basically, it's probably gross. Like you know, eggs are periods. It's like so, hmm. yeah. I mean, plants are quite gross as well if you know if you were some sort of like transcendental android and i really can't get off that idea yeah you're <laughs> i'm just desperate to be a robot um but if you were yeah. you'd probably be like oh they you know they eat this sort of photosynthetic stuff that accumulates in in open air that's it's pretty grim. I mean, the whole so, idea of eating is pretty, it's pretty, pretty horrible, brutal, really. Oh, but look, we haven't talked about a video game for about 10 minutes. So, Red Dead Redemption 2. I love go. it. When Arthur, it's, uh, I mean, games journalists overuse the word visceral. We all know that. But that <laughs> sort of, 
Oh, that noise like a strong man tearing a pack of bacon in two as he sort of jams his sword of a knife into the ribcage of a bear and unpeels it like a banana. I mean, it's somehow appetizing and at the same time mortally off-putting. But then he just pulls out this steak and roasts it on the end of his knife and it looks so good. Oh no, when you like shoot a songbird and he just jams his thumbs into it and cracks it open like a fortune cookie. Nightmarish, but yet, (laughs) but yet, I'm very hungry today. Quite, quite savoury skinning an animal in a game, isn't it? They, because they always, (laughs) because there's always that kind of like, and then the kind of soaring noise. And that, because I didn't realise like, the first time I killed a deer in Red Dead Redemption, I was like, oh, I'll skin it, lovely. And then I didn't realise that then, like, I would pick up, like, a bloodied, skinned oh, corpse. blood all over your clothes when you carry get it over blood your blood all over my nice coat. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone was like, oh, you've got blood on you. But I didn't know. Arthur yeah. Morgan. I like it when he just, like, rips... He does. He skins rabbits, and he just like pops them, sort of holds them, and he's just like, "Yuck!" Off comes the like, skin. Like the opposite of putting a duvet cover on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been a grisly episode of the podcast. I love that we've managed to find the Venn intersection between <laughs> hashtag Big Oats and hashtag Fat Blood. Oh, we've yeah, we done it. Fat Blood. That's good. <clears throat> Skin basically is nature's duvet cover. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Sticking well, the exit sting, we can't improve on that. <laughs> uh, I like, do you like else? cooking in Red Dead too? Because you like cook little bits of meat on your knife, and isn't there like a timing element to it? I think don't you have to like cook it to perfection, or not really? No, I actually, for all the food looks incredible. And I cannot complain at the lack of systemic detail in that game. But the cooking system leaves a little bit to be desired because you basically choose a herb to put with your meat that buffs one of your stats as well as increasing your health when you, when you eat the meat mm. or, or whatever. It's, and it's a shame because one of the things I love in, in games with food is like working out recipes. One of the games that does it really well for me is Don't Starve, which Mm. you would hope would do it well, given the objective of the game is not to starve. And I mean, A, it's a clay game. So the art style is, you know, well, you know, it's a clay game. It looks like one's lovely. Everything's quite stylized, but also quite odd. And if everything looks a bit otherworldly, but still quite appetizing. And you have to, it's a lot of fun trying to work out what foods will combine in the crock pot uh, and what effects the, the mm-hmm. resultant things will provide. Also, it has monster meat, which like the naughty animals drop <laughs> monster meat, which is like purple and, and makes you makes you go to a bad place when you eat it 
Mike's Ooh. got that nuts. The, um, did either of you play um, uh, the get the game with the again? Um, it's but it's not what it sounds like with the dying and the um, and I reviewed it, but it was very nice and it was a management game on a boat. Oh uh, yeah, boat show. Yeah. Um. Uh, Spirit Fairer. Right. <laughs> I was thinking, what the hell is that? Like cruise liner game? Like, like you managed to death? Because I know on cruise liners there's a big, lots of secret protocols for like getting bodies yeah. through the ships without people seeing them. <laughs> the really? Is, is, yeah, because like, like, so many old people well. die on cruises. Oh my god! So they put them inside. Like, if you ever like, it's one of these things. If you ever meet somebody who's on a cruise, they'll they'll inevitably have one of these anecdotes where they're like. You know, uh, you know when you see two uh, two sailors walking past with a giant pineapple, and you're like, "Yeah," and they're like, eh, "There's an old person in that pineapple." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "What?" Um, but the thing, the giant pineapple, is always a different object. You know, it's like if you ever see coming past with a big wedding cake, that's actually a coffin. There's an old person in that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cruises have this weird sort of insular culture. We got taken on one last year, and it's not a holiday we'd have chosen to have. Um, but it was kind of amazing. Just, you know, as it always is, when you experience something that you wouldn't have chosen to do and you sort of got no choice but to, to make the most of it. And, we, yeah, we, I mean, it was really nice. Obviously, it's like massive luxury and that. But it's weird, really weird. Like, things are odd on those boats. I listen, like, I would love to go on a cruise because it's, I feel like, yeah, it's something, it. it's something to experience, isn't it? But uh, my point was Spirit Farer. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, so you have to cook on Spirit Farer for your, because Spirit Farer is about um, uh, taking sort of souls that are of dying people and sort of ferrying them to sort of get, basically preparing them so they're comfortable to pass over finally. And, um, uh, you live on like a little kind of boat with them and you, you know, build a nice little house for them, but you cook for them as well. Um, and they have like likes and dislikes and they have a favorite meal and a favorite type of food and stuff. And you learn recipes by um, finding ingredients and combining them and experimenting and stuff. Um, and it's really nice. And I liked that it was my, cause my favorite thing about cooking, I like cooking and I like, making something nice for someone else that they like you know it's quite a, a nice thing to make food for someone say look i have made you sustenance i've made you sausage and mash you know like um and i thought spirit fairer did that really nicely and the yeah learning recipes thing by experimenting and you build like a nice little a little kitchen on your boat it's very nice that's really like touching that. When all this is over, can we um, can we do like a special podcast where we, I don't know, cook each other dinner? Oh, that would be a disaster for me. But, but, <laughs> why? Well, I can't cook for shit, I and mean, it would literally be like I deliver I deliver you a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> which which <laughs> wouldn't be great. <laughs> I'd take that. <laughs> I might Sounds all right. I might have a kebab for tea, actually. Ooh. So I keep snatching the topic away like a marmoset going for an egg. <laughs> I'm really sorry. 
Why is there any? Is there another game that we'd like to talk about? The um, I, the food. I in? quite like the the food and drink and the attitude towards food and drink in the Yakuza series because it's not quite up there with Final Fantasy fifteen. Like you don't see the food on the plate, but you see the pictures on the menu. And as a like a, a bit of fantasy escapism. You know, a big part of the appeal of like going to Japan or going to anywhere in the world is trying its food and kind of mm. eating different stuff. And and actually, the because they've used some like real world brands or shops which are very closely modelled on on real world brands, it's just very very accurate. You know that there's like very cheap kind of curry and rice places, and then more elaborate foods. And it's it's a game that kind of I think understands the sort of the the, the the pleasure of of you know going out and treating yourself and the range of foods and what they can you know different things you want at different times um in in the new one which comes out next week the like a dragon it's got a similar it's got a thing where if you get the right combination of foods you get like a big stat boost but it's really really hard to work out so you, i end up going in spending hundreds <laughs> of thousands of currency <laughs> trying to get like, oh, let's try, let's have a steak, some edamame beans and a beer. Oh, let's have steak, edamame beans and a different beer. Steak, edamame <laughs> beans and a whiskey. And the guy running the restaurant must just be like, what the fuck is going on here? This is weird. Um, it's also got, uh, it's, it's like an RPG now, the, the, the new Yakuza. And instead of um, sort of classes like wizards and warriors or whatever, everyone's got like a job like an everyday job and then all their attacks relate to that and one of the jobs you can get by literally you go to a job center to change job um is chef and Mm -hmm. he starts off like he throws plates at people he's got one of those little chef's blow torches for like you know creme brulee brulee. and he uses that to like set people on fire um but as you level him up he gets like a giant pepper mill which he like clocks people around the face with it and then when they're on the floor he grinds pepper into their eyes <laughs> which is just absolutely fantastic and it's it's this great hook if you're interested in picking up the game just because the you know the higher you level the characters the more like weird stuff you get and you know once you see each one you're like oh i wonder what he's going to do next there's another there's like a hostess class and she just gets a big bottle of champagne, shakes it up, and then fires it into like you know a mugger's face, which I quite <laughs> like. Um, that's a ge- that's a good game if you like food and food related shenanigans. Every time Yakuza gets mentioned, I want to, like I, I drift that inch closer towards wondering why the hell I haven't always been playing it. It does <laughs> feel like it has big Nate energy, you know. It really does. I've got to have a go. Yeah. You should, uh, you should definitely get this one. Oh, you get a, a one last thing about this new one. You you um you help people and they they become like your summons in battle. You like you ring them up on their mobile and they come and do a special attack. And I haven't unlocked it yet, but one of them is um like a some kind of uh like prawn. Um, <laughs> oh, I, or maybe, no, maybe it's a lobster. It might be a lobster. You like? I think you save this lobster's life in one of the side missions. And then you can ring this lobster up and it comes and does like a lobster attack. That's got big <laughs> Nate energy. 
I tried uh, to save a, a crab once in a casino in Melbourne. Uh, there was this gigantic crab for sale in a restaurant next door. It was it was like as big as an Alsatian, and it was um, oh, it was really expensive, thousand Australian dollars. Uh, you're going to say you gambled for its life. Well, yeah, me and my mate went into the casino with like fifty quid, and we're like, right. Let's see if we can use this 50 quid to buy enough money, uh, to raise enough money to buy the $1,000 crab. Uh, uh, but then we started drinking, and, and after a while, we were, we were singing a song to the tune of Jingle Bells. Better all, better all, better all on black. If we win, we're going to buy the $1,000 crab. And uh, <laughs> if we were asked to leave. <laughs> Wow, it's just like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> the crab died. We check the next day. That's like the. Uh, um, have you seen the SNL sketch where someone goes into a diner and orders uh, the lobster? Oh yeah, do- yeah, the, the the thing with the lame is song. And 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 every, yeah, nobody can believe that he's ordered the diner lobster, and then the the lobster is wheeled out and sings like a Jean Valjean song. <laughs> yeah, it's good that one. Uh, it's very hit and miss. SNL more misses than hits, but that, you know that one's a Ameri- hit. Though, that one, that one's a hit. They're Americans. They're trying their best. In the um, game Fight Crab, one of the uh, the fight arenas is the table of a a mid scale Chinese restaurant. It's really good. You can pick up like bottles of wine and cutlery and stuff to batter the other crabs with. Um, I do feel we should mention very briefly um, Skyrim. Uh, well, that yeah, Skyrim people go for some reason, but uh, but Skyrim is going to come up um, in the. I don't want to spoil anything in the cavern, but um, I, I did want to mention um, Cook Serve Delicious because it is a. Uh, it feels like quite an RPSy title. We go on about it quite a bit, and uh, Cook Serve Delicious Three came out in uh, final form. Um, a few weeks ago, a cook serve delicious is like a sort of diner dash. Uh, you know, you prepare food, kind of uh, serving um, people game, but like it's also a typing game because each ingredient has a letter um, associated with it. And I remember it's there's all weird ones. Like I think carrot is like T or K or something. Chicken is K maybe. Um, Alice wrote a well good article about it if you haven't read it where she was playing with a busted keyboard yeah (laughs) and yeah it was quite the experience it sounds like it was very very tense Um, but yeah Cook Cook Served Delicious is good because it has so many of these um, really amazing dishes and they're they're drawn and illustrated really nicely and you get to sort of put them together as well and I like Cook Served Delicious 3 because it's set in sort of a post-apocalyptic future where you're like uh, driving what seems to be a really high quality like food van. Um, and even though it's like the end of the world and stuff and there's sort of road warrior stuff going on, people are still like, I want bow buns, I want turkey legs. But they'll still turn up to get their, their you know, expensive soup. Um, so I think this is very good. It always makes me think how every restaurant must be on the cusp of total disaster. Mm. Because it's like, if it, if it starts going wrong, it accumulates in such a bad way. I have no idea how restaurants do it, really. 
that's kind of magic. Mm. Overcooked is incredible. I once played Overcooked with some people who had all worked for long stints as professional cooks. And let me tell you, that was a really intense couple of hours. Were they good at it or were they? They were astonishing. Are they all sweary like they say chefs are? Yeah, well, I've done, I've done some bits of kitchen work myself. Um, like, and it is a fascinating mindset. Like, it's the most aggressive environment you could imagine, but with little to no actual malevolence. It's very weird. It's really interesting. I used to wash up in a pub and they called me the marigold man because I wore yellow marigold gloves. And there was an assistant chef there. I may have talked about this before. His, his only claim to fame was that he, uh, he owned every single volume of Now That's What I Call Music. <laughs> that was his one anecdote. That's the only thing I knew about him. Are you if he had met that guy at that party and said, what have you been doing to give your life meaning? <laughs> he would have had a hell of an answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like at the time, there were only like 32 volumes. So it's not that much of an achievement. And it's still not much of an achievement now, I'd argue, like to own. Oh, I don't know. There so are what, quite to a own few like now. 100 CDs that you just have to buy one every six months, whatever. Well, are you still in touch? Do you know if he's kept it up? I have no idea. Can you try and get in touch with <laughs> And find out, do you still have all the now that's what I call musics? Yeah, this can be, we'll do a spin-off podcast. This will be our serial. I see. So try to, try to get in touch with the... I should have replied, now that's what I call a sh- hobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't because I was like 14 at the time. Wasn't as sharp as I currently am. <laughs> that, that's a hell of a bit of esprit de scalier there. 20 years too late. Yeah. Uh, I'll ring him up and go, oh, do you, do you, are you still doing that? Do you have them all? And then I'll hit him with the killer line. <laughs> and he's well, like, you know why have you done this? Why have you called we- me up to say this? <laughs> You know, we do the spin-off for the um, Five Nights at Freddy's Book Club because the discussion's got too long and rowdy for this yeah. podcast. Yeah. We should maybe fold that into, into that and that could be another beloved long-lived series. <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll think about that. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, it's Skyrim as well. I don't know why Skyrim has it because actually I don't think there's very much food in Skyrim. I think it's a bit of a stretch. And also it just seems, it's just the sweet, Sweet rolls, isn't it? The cakes with all icing on it. Isn't that yeah, basically Yeah, they're a big meme, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, it's the cabbages. I love collecting all the cabbages and piling them up in one person's house. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, but ca- like, just having a cabbage doesn't count as like, I know it technically, it is food, it is sustenance, but like, I suppose they have big wheels of cheese as well. There's, there's, there's quite a lot of dinners and yeah. like fish, fish, pieces um things like that one thing i've got to got to mention um oh blimmin tales from off peak city volume one yeah which is which is amazing has a i mean you know it's this very artistic um highbrow but not pretentious game and it's got like this weird pizza making mini game that feels like it was designed by a committee of philosophers 
uh, where people have got like life problems and you have to make pizzas to answer them. And the toppings are really odd. There's like flamingo meat, which is just the most incredible color. I really, uh, I would recommend you play the game just to see the texture on the pieces of flamingo meat. Just, just play the game. It's great. Flamingo is one of those that, like, I imagine flamingo sort of tastes a bit fishy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it probably tastes very crustacean. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with that in mind, let's head into uh, the Cavern of Lies. Follow me, gentlemen, into the Cavern of Lies this week. The Cavern of Lies. Uh, so this week, the Cavern of Lies is actually, it's a, um, a kind of uh, bougie restaurant. Um, oh, nice. In, uh, it's a pop-up that's been set up in, in some of the, the old tunnels underneath London Bridge uh, that sometimes are like, you know, art spaces. Sometimes they do like clubs there, uh, that kind of thing. But tonight it's a, uh, it's a pop-up restaurant and it serves exclusively um, food prepared from tie-in cookbooks for video games. Oh, that's, and- that's good. It's just right for us. Yeah, uh, and so I'm your your maitre d this evening, and I'm gonna serve you some dishes. We're going classic cavern of lies, so some of these are real and some of them are fake, basically. Okay. Um, so uh, you have to discuss each one in turn as I serve it to you. Um. Uh. So uh, and these are yeah, these are all taken from official cookbooks. That tie into uh, get, and several of these actually, I was interested to find are written by the same person. So, uh, hmm. little cottage industry. It's very interesting. Um, so, I thought maybe some drinks to start. Oh, nice, yes, please. Uh, so, this is. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, an Illidan's Storm Rage, <laughs> which is a. Uh, it's a in a a tumbler, um, and it's basically. Do you know what a perfect storm is? No. In the it's, context of the, the mid noughties uh, movie, but. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically, it's uh, rum with ginger beer and some lime juice. Um, but instead of um, Agnes Stura Bitters, uh, an Illidan storm rage has um, uh, Curacao, the blue liqueur, um, dashed over the top to make it, it have a kind of it filters down and goes sort of blue green purple um like Illidan Stormrage the character from World of Warcraft now it sounds fairly tasty but Illidan's purple well I mean what what do you want from the authors of these books like it's it's uh this is World of Warcraft the official cookbook uh let me hang on uh, oh yeah! Look, so th- this is by uh, Chelsea Monroe Castle, uh, and she has also done uh, the Game of Thrones companion cookbook. Does the I mean, does does the recipe at least have some half half comment about you know making sure you're prepared or something? Because that's his big thing: is roaring about you not being prepared. Well, I would. I I don't think that. Really, the um, the people who write these cookbooks are necessarily like 
massive fans of. So can, can we pretend in the role play at least that as you've prepared me the drink? Yes. Um, I, I say to you, that has not been correctly prepared, but you haven't played World of Warcraft, so I just look like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the, oh God, that reminds me, I went to a, um, uh, I went to a, a press event that was like a screening of a, um, of the documentary that, um, Wildlands, which is a documentary that Ubisoft did for uh, the release of Wildlands, and the documentary was better than the game. Um, and everyone in the press screening was like video game press, uh, and one of them made like a joke about like, yeah, uh, the the uh, princess was in another castle, haha, to like this quite serious like drugs journalist, uh, and then and then like uh, a former like special ops marine who'd like fought in the war on drugs and was really jaded about it and they were both just like yeah yeah <laughs> it was really Ooh. screechy anyway uh so yeah a little i've garnished it with a uh uh a little I... a wedge of lime it's not like a, a the fanciest thing about it is the the curacao drizzle i think I know nothing about World of Warcraft, so I'm completely, you know, dependent on Nate for, for, for the realism of this one. Well, I remember having a brief flick through the Hearthstone cookbook, which of course shares the same universe and I suspect the same author. Um, I, and I it was very, it was very perfunctory. It was like, Gul'dan's beef casserole. <laughs> <laughs> Just the beef casserole. And that's, you know, it had just been put into the imaginary possession of a fictional <laughs> warlock. <laughs> and so, yeah, okay, I kind of buy it. But let's, let's hear the others and see. Um... No, we've got to say yes no, or no to do it one, one at a time, yeah. Oh, Christ, yes, it's Colonel's original recipe, isn't it? That feels like it's a nice. Yeah, I think it's nice. I think it's a nice. Uh... Ooh la la. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh, you absolute demon. Out the gate, yeah, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Illidan would hunt you because he's a demon hunter. Um, oh, my God. Was it based on anything real? Was that just whole No, it was just, well, I was just like, I, I Googled uh, cocktails with storm name. <laughs> and, then, and then just, and then was just like, yeah, it's a perfect storm with some. Uh, that's good. That's very clever. There you go. Thanks. Uh, okay. Um, moving on. Um, we'll have. I think we're. I. I was going to try and do like starter and main and everything, but I've. I've sort. I don't really have the breadth of. Uh, of recipes for that. So. Uh, the main is from the. Um, the official Overwatch cookbook. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to have carne adivada. Uh, it's. Uh, it's Must a comfort food. <laughs> It's, it's literally, well, it's, the thing is, the, the Overwatch recipe book appears to just be a recipe book. Like it just has normal food in it, <laughs> but I can read it. Um, so this is from McCree's section. It's a uh, comfort food, prep time, 20 minutes, cook time, two hours. Uh, it's a tender pork dish bursting with flavors and desert spice. Uh, a classic Southwest favourite. This recipe tastes even better the next day. 
and the level of heat can be adjusted for preference. Uh, McCree found this particular version being made in a hole in the wall place on Route 66, just outside Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> ah. Although his work with Blackwatch took him across the world, he always made sure to stop back in for a hearty serving whenever he was in town. Oh God, that is adorable and absolutely teeth-grittingly embarrassing. Um, it's just, it's um, it's pork fried with like onion and garlic. Um, it does sound bloody brilliant, actually. I, this podcast is making me so hungry I could cry, actually. Uh, oh. and you, you blend the onion with the with stock um, and some spices and, and honey and vinegar, and then you pour it all over the um, the pork and cook it in a, a Dutch oven. I don't, I can't imagine many like you know silver tier Overwatch players have a Dutch oven knocking about, but. Um, this makes me wonder what the recipe is. Isn't there a hamster in Overwatch? Yeah. Hammond, yeah. What the hell is his dish? Like, know, maybe, maybe he has... Screw up some paper. yellow pages. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the inside of it. Take a toilet roll and discard all the tissue. <laughs> well, I bet I know what's in there under the bloody Buddhist robot section. It's just nothing. You've transcended. What was the last meal you had? Okay. Um, <sighs> oh, it's high noon. If this is fake, you've put a lot of thought and effort into like, <laughs> writing that spiel. That was very convincing, like half-assed law copy as well. Mm. And no disrespect to the author, they had a job to do. Um, but... It, you know, not to say you couldn't do a facsimile, but that sounded too real to me. I'm going to risk risk my neck and say nice yeah. again. Nice. Nice. Correct. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for the Overwatch cookbook, actually, because I'm looking through it and it it does just seem to be like just recipes for nice food that they think maybe the characters would like rather than like, <laughs> rather than being like, you know, a Reese's fried Reese's. chicken, you know, like, or whatever. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's a like, Soldier 76 is fried chicken. It's not nothing like that. It's just like, here's, here's some uh, recipe for nice pancakes. Like, but the Reinhardt section's sick. I love German food. Unfortunately, the preview I'm looking at does not allow me to. <laughs> Look that far, um, but we've got some sides to go with it as well. It's served over uh, rice is the serving suggestion, um, uh, but I wouldn't just just give you that. So uh, we've got uh, stormcloak smashed potatoes, uh, which are oh. from the Elder Scrolls, uh, the official cookbook. Um, so it's not a Skyrim cookbook, actually. It's um, it's for all of Elder Scrolls, apparently. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, recipes from Skyrim, Morrowind, and across uh, Tamriel uh, by the same author who did the World of Warcraft cookbook and the Game of Thrones cookbook. Well, I wonder if she, I would really like to compare them like side by side and see if there's just like the same recipes with like... Well, I've like, something different- cooked for me from the Game of Thrones cookbook. Ooh. It was appalling. Oh, <laughs> oh no! 
Uh, I, no, but to be fair, it was, you know, I, I don't think the person who cooked it did a great job. So, you know, the jury's out. Uh, but this is, yeah, it's, uh, it's the Stormcloak's mashed potatoes. So it uses um, some, some, it's, apparently it's uh, healthier to, uh, you know, make sure that the, uh, the Stormcloaks keep up their strength in the fight against uh, uh, the, what do you call them? Monsters. So it's, yeah. Assorted beasts. But it is, it is just mashed potato uh, with creme fraiche and garlic. Mm. Oh, see, I, I don't, I can't imagine a sort of a, a dead-eyed, quasi-medieval fighting force really caring about the nutritional balance of what they eat. They just march through villages, like slaughtering, screaming peasants. And yeah, but this isn't... grimly this consuming is, everything in their larders. They this like, isn't like... Stormcloak traditional mash. This isn't like four Stormcloaks, because they're not real. This isn't actually written as an instructional manual for their just... ideal Russians. <laughs> Is it presenting this as a main dish? No, no. This this is a side. It's not okay. the main. Like, do, yeah, really I don't yet. know if cookbooks normally have mashed potatoes in them. Well, I don't know. This one does, but I'm, this one does apparently. <laughs> it, it really, it really angers me though when cookbooks have really, really simple foods and it doesn't say anything. Like, I can get it when like Delia Smith like writes a bloody dissertation about an egg, but. You know, you well, don't I mean, need the recipe for mashed potatoes, just filling page space in it. And well, it does happen. Well, do you want, I can tell, there are some other recipes from the Skyrim cookbook include imperial mushroom sauce, which is mushroom sauce. <laughs> Cooking 10 minutes makes about four servings, pairs well with hawker loaf, page 131. Uh... See, I believe that you're reading from it now, but you could be reading from it now and you've just fed us, fed us a line with the old Stormcloak mash. Uh, oh, what a deep fake. There's salt rice porridge. It's porridge made with rice. I think this one is fake. Oh, it's fake. This is like trying to decide between whether to support the Imperials or the Stormcloaks. Uh, or, awesome of venison. Just venison cooked in soy sauce and, and ginger. Yeah, it's it's an ooh la la from me. I'm gonna um I'm gonna carry your burden. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Yeah, was yes. <laughs> oh. Was Matthew right? Did did you do the classic dressing up bucks in yeah. in a veneer of real readings? Yeah. Yeah. Although I am prepared to bet that one of these does just have a recipe for mashed potato in there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that one that one was fake. Um, what else have we got? I feel like we need another side. We've got a couple we could go for. Um, what about coleslaw? Go ahead. No, that's I it. I think that's real. Coleslaw. Uh, it's from the Destiny cookbook. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's climbing the bin now. <laughs> no way does anyone in the Destiny universe eat coleslaw that is not a thing that happens <laughs> i don't know giant like i can imagine the old frog bane guy 
Um, Dominus Gaul, he could be into the slaw. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's from the Destiny group. Man. <laughs> Official uh, Destiny coleslaw. It's just called coleslaw. Um, <laughs> That's so little effort. Difficulty easy. Uh, oh my! Yield eight servings. Prep time yeah. ten hours. No. I like the idea that dishes have difficulty settings like games do. Yeah, they all do, actually. That's the main thing that they all have. There's, well, that's um, because Destiny doesn't have difficulty settings like that. But. They all have like a little, um, uh, you know, like skill level apprentice or whatever. Like, Right. You know. Oh, it's not a real review of the sandwich unless you ate it on nightmare mode. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Skill level like like some of the in fairness, some of the World of Warcraft ones are more there's one called like Iron Forge Rations. Um, which is basically like it, it looks like kind of like like a sort of uh like haggis bruschetta almost, or like I don't know how to it's it's like haggis on toasted sourdough with like melted cheese and stuff, I think. Oh my god, I might actually pitch my publishers to let me write a dwarven cookbook. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about coleslaw. Oh, that's b- it's, it's, just so va- it's just too vague. It's well, a la la. This is bread from Halo Cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's real. No. It is real. Joy to read. <laughs> yeah, go, go on. Right ahead. The first time I saw, is it Zer or? Yeah. Yeah, I had spotted a suspicious figure huddled in the corner of the hangar and was curious why they kept returning to the same spot. For a while, I was too unnerved to approach and introduce myself, though I occasionally saw guardians exchanging words and goods with him. Once, when he turned, I thought I saw a mask, or was it a beard, or maybe tentacles? As silly as this sounds, it reminded me of an old coleslaw recipe I like to bring to meetings at the hangar. (laughs) Eventually, Taz explained to me that he was... was Zer and a jo- Jovian and nothing to be afraid of. It took a while, but I became used to his presence. Maybe next time I see him, I'll have built up the courage to offer him a helping of this coleslaw. That is amazing. What a segue. <laughs> the I alien's don't, face I, reminded me of coleslaw. I don't think that counts as a segue. That's just two separate things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is delightful. I love it. I'm not yeah. even sad that I was wrong. Good, isn't it? Yeah. I was just, I was enchanted by that. Thought that was Does great. Alice, I know about this as as a big Destiny fan. Maybe. I mean, it uh, the Destiny it has like, um, uh, spicy ramen in it because that's like a big thing in the Destiny fandom stuff like that. Um. And, uh, you know, some alcoholic and some non-alcoholic cocktails. Uh, it's got gala doodles, which I guess are like snickerdoodles, but alien-y, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, just, just coleslaw. It doesn't even have like a special name. It's just called coleslaw. That's really, there's something really abject about that. I, I respect it. Yeah. Well, you didn't have a bad innings, I have to say. 
That was pretty good. And I, I hope you've enjoyed your... Uh, it's left me hungry. Your, yeah, I, I, I hope you enjoyed your, your dinner. I nearly went with honey spiced uh, lichen because that is just kale. <laughs> but, <All right. laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you very much and uh, I hope you enjoyed your meal. I'm sorry I didn't have a dessert for you. Actually, maybe you could have some of the perfectly preserved pie from the um, Fallout 76 cookbook. Which is brilliant because it, it sometimes it has stuff like crossed out and, and they put instead like irradiated pasta or something like Oh that's cool. That's a nice touch. Yeah. So, you know, they've changed it. But anyway, uh do come again. Goodbye. Yeah, it was delicious. Thank you. Lovely. What a, a lovely I am also very hungry now. Ooh. Um, thank you very much for joining me in the Cavern of Lies and joining me to have uh, an at times extremely grim discussion about food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that remains is for us to do our recommendations this week. Uh, Matthew, what have you got to recommend this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend something quite boring. I imagine lots of people have already seen it, um, but I've just finished watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Ah, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. They 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 have programs that they like to push, don't they? And I've seen it. Yeah, it's like a it's a, a little seven part drama about a a sort of chess whiz kid and her climbing the ranks to try and face off against a sort of grandmaster. Um, it's a bit of like an underdog story. Kind of, uh, I've not seen a sporting movie or TV show set in the world of chess. Uh, but it's 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 quite well done. Pretty pretty compelling and. Good, good supporting cast. They show the chess in lots of sort of fun ways. They never really explain it, and I wouldn't claim to understand chess. Um, so it's it's one of these awkward sports things where I just have to wait for someone to go yes to know if they've won because uh, <laughs> I can't look at what's happened. It's the same with American football and poker. Yeah, like I hate films where it hinges on someone puts down some cards in poker, and some people be like, oh shit, and I'm like. Mm. Is James Bond crying? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 like, I, I, I don't like to be an idiot who's like a second behind the crowd, but I am in definitely so in chess. Um, but it's good. It's good. Good fun. Very good. Uh, I this week we recommend books a lot on the podcast, and I would like to recommend um, a couple of ways that you can buy books that support local uh, bookshops and retailers. And not big um, fancy uh, monopolies like Asimon. Um, so there's a new one that's just it's been really successful in America, and it's it's now opened a, a UK version, which is just uh, www.bookshop.org, um, and that uh, will if basically bookshops can sign up to it, and you can uh, basically and they'll get a portion of. Um, sales they can have like virtual storefronts you can pick a bookshop to uh um support directly when you buy from um bookshop.org you can say oh, i want my money to go here uh and then there's also uh, i think it's alibris or all alibris i i don't know how to pronounce it but there you can buy from um bookshops and secondhand bookshops directly um it's a little bit more work for them, I guess. 
but uh, yeah, you can buy from them directly uh, and pay postage and packaging and you'll get some books directly from an independent retailer. Uh, so there you go. And it's, you know, get your bookshop shopping done now. If you're thinking of buying books for Christmas for people, do it now because they'll run out later in the year. Anyway, there you go. What uh, good recommendation. Thank you. Hmm. Greg Wallace, what have you got this week? Well, if you're looking for quality books to but no, I'm not going to do that. That's right. Who was that? Who was that? <laughs> uh, that was just Partridge, wasn't it? But sort of really animated Partridge. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, buy my books. No, uh, two parts as ever today. Uh, the Aquarium recommendation, I am going to suggest you get yourself some API five-in-one test strips. Uh, no, actually, I'm not going to recommend you get those. Oh, Just okay. get yourself some API ammonia test strips because I'm going to be a big rebel and say that's what really matters. I tweeted a bit about this the other day, but I think there's um, an overly fastidious uh, school of thought in fish keeping, uh, which obsesses over precision in water quality rather than stability and, and things like that. Ammonia is the key thing. You don't want an ammonia buildup in your tank, and these little test strips are a good indicator of when that's getting bad. And so long as you make sure there's never an ammonia spike, you'll be all right. So that's that. My second part of this recommendation hmm. is, and I actually texted Ashley while we've been doing this podcast to remember what this was. You know I said we'd bought a teppanyaki grill hot plate thing. Hmm. Yeah, this is the Livivo brand, L-I-V-I-V-O, Teppanyaki Grill Extra Large Solid. And uh, it's, it's a cracker. Uh, that is, uh, the webpage lists the color as extra large. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's very, very big colors. Uh, it's 40 quid. And it's as, it's as long as a, a large child. A large child. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, you can fit a lot of onions on it, is what I'm saying. Okay. And it's good, easy to clean. Um, you know, we thought we'd get it as a treat because it's like, well, you know, we can't go out to eat. But let's think, what would we, you know, we could imagine spending 40 quid on a Dindins. So let's just get the uh, Levivo Extra Large Teppanyaki Grill. <laughs> and we did. It was lovely stuff. Great. Really good. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, and thank you, dear listener, for staying with us on this. It's been a bumpy ride this week. There was some turbulence. There's been a lot of talk about death. Uh, <laughs> it's been a stressful week. It's been, yeah, but uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this journey, this meandering journey through uh, video game food with us uh, at the Electronic Wireless Show uh, on this episode 116, the Food in Games special. Um, I've been Alice Bell, your host, and I've been joined by the Muffin Man and Greg Wallace. Uh, and uh, don't forget that we're on Facebook and Twitter, Rock Paper Shotgun. If you search us, you'll find us. We're on youtube.com forward slash Rock Paper Shot. Uh, we, uh, we have a discord, uh, there are links to that in the show notes where you can join and hang out and chat and talk about the podcast. Uh, we have merch, uh, which is at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rock paper shotgun. Um, 
And I, uh, I was like, I think that's everything. And we have a website, www.rockpapershotgun.com for all your PC gaming needs. Uh, thank you for joining me, Muffin Man Matthew. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining me, Greg Wallace. Probably the best podcast in the world. That was Jeremy Clarkson again. What's going on? <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye